0: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. This year, as we celebrate the 100th anniversary of Our Lady's visits to Fatima in Portugal, we do well to remember how those visits on the 13th day of each of those months, May through October, except for August when it was on the 19th of the month, were preceded by three visits to those same children the year before. Lucia, Francisco, Jacinta. Francisco and Jacinta being brother and sister, Lucia being their cousin, had the, the regular duty of taking care of the sheep out in the fields. And so it was three times in the course of 1916 that an angel appeared to them. The first time, it was to, to teach them about prayer, to chastise them a little as well. They were accustomed to a form of the daily rosary, but they had whittled it down to two phrases that they would simply repeat 50 times. Little ones can cover your ears. Hail Mary, Holy Mary, Hail Mary, Holy Mary, Hail Mary, Holy Mary, 50 times. That's how they prayed the rosary until the angel stopped them in their tracks. And as a result of their lesson in prayer, which was relatively brief, they started praying the rosary in its entirety every day, faithfully. Later on in the year 1916, they were visited again by the angel. This time the lesson was about penance. And as a result of the experience, they decided that each day they would give away their lunch. They wouldn't take their lunch with them out into the field. They would give it to someone who was just as, if not hungrier than them. And they would get by with the little things they could scavenge. And then lastly, the third visit of the angel to the three seers in 1916, laying the groundwork for Our Lady to be able to ask them in May if they were ready for the task that lay ahead of them. The angel gave them an experience of the Holy Eucharist. The angel stood before them and showed them host and a chalice, and the host was dripping blood into the chalice. And then the angel let go of the host and the chalice and lay prostrate in adoration before the blessed sacrament and uttered this prayer three times. Most Holy Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, I adore you profoundly and I offer you the most precious body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ, present in all the tabernacles of the world, in reparation for the outrages, sacrileges, and indifference with which he himself is offended, and through the infinite merits of his most sacred heart and the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I beg of you the conversion of poor sinners. Amen. Then the angel stood up and gave to Lucia, the oldest of the three, the sacred host, And permitted the two younger ones who were not yet receiving First Holy Communion from the chalice. Months later, then, Our Lady appeared to them on May 13th, and the children, fittingly prepared, were ready to answer the question that she posed Are you willing to offer yourselves to God? to bear all the sufferings he wills to send you as an act of reparation for the sins by which he is offended and of supplication for the conversion of sinners. Yes was their reply immediately. If the angel hadn't prepared them with those three visits and those three lessons, we shouldn't suppose that they would be so ready to answer yes. And in fact, if we can suppose that they wouldn't have been ready to answer yes, we should probably suppose that they would never have been asked the question in the first place. If they had gone on spurning the lessons of the angel, not adoring our Lord, not doing penance, and not praying, 1917 probably would have been a rather ordinary year. And so when we present ourselves before the Lord and consider how our spiritual lives have been rather ordinary, we think, we think that we're ready. We're ready to say yes to whatever God is going to ask us. Is it possible that he hasn't posed the question because we've ignored the lessons he's already sent us? And so we not only do reparation for all those others who have offended our Lord and ignored him and have not worshipped him, but we offer penance and reparation for ourselves too, for ignoring the lessons that have come once or even several times, for failing to worship him, for failing to love him, failing to adore him. That can change now. It doesn't help us to think about how my life would be different now if I had done things better before. Only the devil wants you to fret about that. Only consider our Lord before you right now. His providence governs all, even when we ignore his will. Perhaps, as repentant sinners, we can even love him with all the more fervor, all the more passion knowing that we are trying to make up for lost time. Think then about how this mystical Holy Communion of the three children laid the groundwork for even greater things. So we ought to remember then our prayer here, our penance, our fasting, our love of the Lord in the Holy Eucharist is truly worthy of worship in and of itself. We worship God simply because he is God. Our experience of the heavenly liturgy on this side of the veil of death is more complex. We will continue to worship God forever in heaven purely for his glory, just as the universe was created out of nothing to glorify the Holy Trinity. But as our salvation is being worked out with fear and trembling, we participate in these sacred mysteries and God permits us to benefit from it. Not only does he permit us to benefit from it, but he sustains us so that we can be part of his work in the world. And so being a believer, being one who prays and one who does penance and fasts and adores the Lord is the beginning of everything else. It is true that the Holy Eucharist is the source and summit of the whole Christian life. Understanding that we, that we visit this summit so as then to be able to continue the Lord's mission in the world, to love, to correct injustice, to do penance for our sins, to instruct the ignorant, to encourage the weak, to heal the brokenhearted, to bring conversion and salvation to every soul. Many of us already find ourselves in the midst of the vocation, which is the way in which we are endeavoring to serve God. Quite a few of us overwhelmed, incapable of living up to the demands of each day. It's here on this altar where we find what makes it possible to live our lives. It's good to remember, too, understanding that the sequence in which the apostles experienced our Lord and received sacramental grace is entirely unique, does not set the stage for the manner in which we do and the sequence in which we do. But even if we follow through the footsteps of the apostles and the Blessed Virgin Mary from our Lord's arrest and his death and his resurrection and his ascension into heaven and Pentecost... We can see at every stage it is God who reveals to them that the Lord is the Christ, that Jesus is the Messiah. It's after the resurrection that we can see them definitively proclaiming that he is God and they can recognize him and they trust that his promises will will prevail and that he will remain with them forever. And then we see the moment of Pentecost. Is Pentecost then the, the ultimate, the last and the final work of God? Or is it rather then that because of the grace of the Holy Spirit, whom they can recognize as God, that then the apostles are able to say with their own lips and with their own hands the same thing that our Lord did and said at the Last Supper? And the final work of God is to bring All souls into one family around one altar it is in Christ on the altar where we are most fittingly the church it is in the sacramental life where we experience him most completely visible and mysterious tangible and ineffable this gathering then is not an anomaly What we are doing here and now is as close as we will get to heaven on this earth. In the company of the Blessed Virgin Mary and the angels, then we worship God imperfectly here, but participating in their perfect worship. And with them, we pray in the same words that the angel taught Francisco, Jacinta, and Lucia. Please repeat after me. Most Holy Trinity. Most Holy Trinity Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I adore you profoundly. I adore you profoundly. And I, offer you and I offer you the most precious body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ. The most precious body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ. Present in all the tabernacles of the world. In reparation for the outrages, sacrileges and indifference with which he himself is offended, and through the infinite merits of his most sacred heart of his most sacred heart, and the immaculate heart of Mary, I beg of you. The conversion of poor sinners. sinners. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.